Welcome to Let's Be Real Sports Podcast, presented by Let's Be Real Media. Watch us live on YouTube and Twitter, and follow us on TikTok and Instagram at LBR underscore media. Also, subscribe to us on any podcasting platform. What's going on? BLJ here, the best hype man in the NBA. Man, I'm here with Let's Be Real. Tune in. Ah! <laughs> Hello! Sports Podcast, episode 217. How is everybody doing? Happy Sunday to y'all. Happy Sunday. Football is back, ladies and gentlemen. And we're going to have football from now until February. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good to go. I'm just happy I can show my face on this podcast. Hey, we ain't talking basketball here. We're not talking, talking basketball. Thank God. Thank God for football. Leave that real hard away. Leave that at 38. My man's been getting cyber bullied this week. Yeah. Man, <laughs> I put up you, myself, though, man. Hold on. Though. I ain't going all the way down. We don't need but you getting the smoke. We need jeans getting all the smoke from last week. That's what we need getting out the smoke. Bird had the mitigated gall. To say the Danny Dimes fan club, I almost left the group. Me just off there. <laughs> we're, giving the too, we're giving him too much love already. Yeah. Don't all seven of them. Yeah, all seven of them. <laughs> but it's everybody. In case anybody's new tuning in, of course, it's your boy P Shark with the crew, Tail, uh, Skyler, Trevor, and Sheedy back here again, starting five. Of course, the Let's Be Real Sports podcast. Remember, follow us on Twitter or X, TikTok, IG, and Facebook. At LPR underscore media, subscribe and listen or watch on YouTube at Let's Be Real Media. Or if you prefer audio platforms, listen on any of the 11 different platforms we are on at Let's Be Real Sports. Also, support us by signing up for our sponsor at BetStep at signup.com forward slash LPR. And here's the uh, ad read for BetStep. And once we return, we'll have our guests come in for the AMC South episode. Sports betting has rapidly risen in popularity, and I want to connect you all with the opportunity to get started or get ahead. Having multiple sportsbook accounts is the simplest way to maximize your profits, and there has never been a better time to sign up. When you visit our page, signupexpert.com forward slash LBR, you'll be connected to all the sportsbooks in your region, along with the review of each platform and its unique benefits. All these sports books have valuable sign-up offers for new users. And when you register through our link, you will automatically receive the top offer at each one. When you use multiple sports books, you ensure that you can always access the best available odds, which is key to successful sports betting. If you want to take advantage of these benefits and support our brand, please consider signing up for your next sports book at signupexpert.com forward slash LBR.
All right, welcome back. We're back here again. Uh, introduce our guests one at a time. First up, my brother, just met him this year at Black Sports Business Symposium. Been tight ever since then. My boy, writer for Three Point Conversion and Substack writer, Danny Thompson. How you doing, my guy? My guy, appreciate you having me on. I appreciate the phone call. I'm ready. Let's go. So, so glad to get you in. Next up, returning guest. Y'all remember him coming in last year? The real host of the real deal with Damian Adams. You are the Saints fan, doing a whole bunch of stuff out there in Phoenix, Arizona, man. I know you're a writer. Uh, I can't remember the name of the platform, but you could introduce me. You say Damian Adams, man. What's going on? Hey, man. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Always love to be a guest on Let's Be Real. And yes, the platform that you're talking about is called Burn City Sports. So if you're out here in the Phoenix area like me and Took, you can go ahead and check out Burn City Sports. We're covering everything from the Suns. Cardinals, Coyotes, Phoenix Rising, Arizona State, everything Phoenix is covered by Burn City Sports. And I actually have a Suns podcast that's going to be coming soon um, through that platform as well. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Welcome, Definitely welcome. ready to check that one out. Nice <laughs> to. Yeah, be killing the game. All right. Last guest, man. Two categories. We're going to back up. So we got, got another Panthers guy coming in. Aaron Duncan, man, host of Unnecessary Bluntness uh, Sports Talk or founder of Unnecessary Bluntness Sports Talk. How you doing, man? What's good, man? I appreciate y'all having me, man. I, I, I'm honored to, to be in the building to represent represent the squad. You want us some reinforcements, man? So I'm here to yes, deliver. Sir. So I'm here to deliver. Let let the record be shown and known that Took was the only one that needed reinforcements to defend his team. <laughs> hey, he called the right one, though. He called the right one. No, 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 no. You got to understand something, bro. When you get hate, literally hated on Twitter for like a week, it's sometimes you just want to take a step back. You know your team going to have success. You know your team going to do what you said that they're going to do. Sometimes you just need to have somebody else come up and like reassure that. So I'm going to take a step back because I don't feel like trolling anybody. I'm gonna let my guy do what he do best. I want the best bro. to do it. I'm just glad you're not living in Memphis no more, man. We we know you safe out there in Phoenix right now. Because then my order Dickens Queen would have been all the way messed up. If I don't know what we're talking about, check out three the Hardaway podcast, of course, part of this real media network, as well as Gene's reports. Although Gene's came on last week and throwed us about the Giants, check out his show as well at the Gene's report. <laughs> But before we get started, let's check out some comments. I got Ryan Harris said, what it do, what it do, Ryan? Savage said these folks on the conference call, ain't it? You was on the conference call last week. Why are you checking? She, she, she <laughs> we had eight people last week. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, did right. I agree. I tell you about folks, man. For your own people. You got everybody. I know Zach can talk. <laughs> Zach talked 30 minutes about the Patriots a month ago, bro. Nah. <laughs> nah, Zach. You, you no. Uh, yeah. we, we break a smoke back. <laughs> <laughs> and we got the Panthers people in, man. Panther Nation, man. Come on, y'all. They know what's up. We here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, with no. Pound in. Okay. Pound in, baby. We tried to boost up the crowd rate. Took reached out to all six Panther fans. He knew it was like, hey, bro, get on the podcast today. I did a bad signal on Twitter. Oh, but everybody knows what's up, man. Everybody trying to still pull on a bandwagon. Everybody see what's going on in Carolina. They trying to join the bandwagon again. You know what I'm saying? Because it's been dry since Cam left. They coming back, bro. It's all good. It's all good. It's cool. It's still early. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But you didn't why you can. It's got 
I'll get this thing started while you talk about the Panthers. So, Magna Trey, as we bring the guests on doing this divisional series, we're trying to, of course, just get information out to people who are not either a paying attention or two watching national media a lot. And national media ain't getting you nothing except about the Cowboys and you know Patrick Mahomes, right? So, <laughs> learning about these other teams, uh, the other thirty NFL teams that are out there. So, we're trying to get information out there that everybody know what's going on with these teams because. All us got our favorite teams. We don't follow the other teams as much as we follow our favorite teams. So, first up, Carolina Panthers. Uh, I mean, it's it's been it's been an off season of a uh, change, to put it lightly. You know, what I'm saying uh, a real big change of uh, of uh, the guard per se. Uh, we kept the GM Scott Fitter, but I think all the Panthers fans are happy that we finally got rid of the second worst coach in the division. The worst is probably Dennis Allen, just to put that out there. But <clears throat> um, we got rid of Matt Rule and brought in a, a very experienced coaching staff, Frank Wright, uh, Jim Caldwell, uh, Thomas Brown, Sean Jefferson, Deuce Staley, Jerry Verrills, real covered it in the, uh, in the game out here for head coaching ranks. Um, it's just it, the, the owner opened up the checkbook. I mean, he opened up the checkbook, finally put the money where his mouth is. He was, at one point, one of the richest owners in the league, obviously the – the Waltons got involved and a couple other folks got involved too, but he put some bread down this year, you know, and uh, they were aggressive. This is something that hasn't been really done in Panthers franchise history, trading up to number one. We had the number one pick before. Obviously you guys know we had Cam Newton, but uh, we earned that one fair and square this year. We were aggressive. We traded up. Um, it's been well documented. The, the, the compensation and stuff. And we picked Bryce, you know, everybody and their mama got something to say about his height. Most of those people that's talking trash, they probably about five, eight hundred fifty some pounds they sell. They can't throw a football like my man, Bryce Young. He can hoop. Let's just be real. And I think a lot of people are just scared of Bryce Young, man. Like, because if he turns out to be what I think he's going to be, he's going to break the mold of what everybody believes in. And people don't like being uncomfortable like that. So Bryce makes folks a little bit uncomfortable. But I just think he's real cerebral. He's 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 an assassin out there, man. He's he just loves ball. It ain't nothing really else to go with it. Um, he's as advertised. He talks about it. He sounds phenomenal in interviews, but he also does the stuff behind the scenes. They said they found no flaws in his game and the evaluation process. I think he's the perfect guy to lead us into the next stage of being um, um, this 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 young, pretty young franchise in what, 27, 28 years. So, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm a big Bryce guy. I, I'm real bullish on our team right now. Um, we know how last season finished out with with the division with everybody having a losing record. So I think there's there's better days ahead for the Panthers. They almost made that push last year, but I'm excited for what's to come. Um, obviously, we, we there's no more preseason, no more offseason. It's time to get to it. So um, starting the season off with two division games, man, you can't, can't, can't have it any other way. You know what I'm saying? Don't get any better than that. So um, that's pretty much my high-level summary of what happened this offseason. Yeah, definitely pick up some some key pieces as well um when you talk about on the defense uh, we really didn't lose anything offensively um outside of dante foreman so if you look at that we got kind of chemistry in that area as well um but we also added a bunch of def defensive pieces that i'm excited about is uh, especially von bell a uh, very underrated safety um that allowed jeremy chin to be inside uh getting tackles which is what he's pretty good at doing um, so even with our uh, the defense, with Everall coming over and switching up some things, two years ago, we were literally a top three defense. We wanted the worst offenses, 
but still top three last year we came bottom to like the bottom 20 22 23 something like that mm -hmm. but <laughs> we experienced a lot of injuries as well with jc horn going down uh dante jackson going down this year they're coming back to my understanding everybody's fully healthy uh, we got a better defensive coach, so expect the Panthers to have another top five defense, if not top ten. Um, then that may be stretching, but top five for sure. When you talk about our offensive lineman, I told y'all last year we're gonna have a top ten offensive lineman. What the Panthers have? Everybody talking about, oh, watch out for Bryce. He's too small. He's too small. He gonna get protected. He gonna take some hits because all quarterbacks do for sure. But he's gonna be protected pretty good with another a round of top ten offensive line play, in my opinion. Um, and also we got on some weapons. Um, I think that will kind of be a concern uh, with the weapons that we do have because we don't have a quote unquote a receiver, but we do have some players that will catch the down ball, which is what I'm excited about. Take it away. All right. Questions. Sell me on your wide receiver room. Uh, I mean, to be honest, you could be skeptical. It is what it is. It's going to be by committee. I mean, it, that's just kind of what it is. And, I, I I would like better receivers. I wanted I was a big advocate for getting D Hop. It didn't happen. Um, I was a big advocate of getting OBJ. It didn't happen. Um, but Chark, the injury concerns are there, but he's shown he's he's fast. I mean, he's got speed. He's six four. I mean, he runs like a deer. Adam Thielen, he don't have the juice that he used to, but he's still crafty and shown in preseason they can still get open. Hayden Hurst is he's gonna give us more production for the tight end position than we had. In probably four or five years since Greg Olson retired. Um, not to mention Terrace Marshall, it has some upside as well. It's gonna be very scheme dependent. I'm not gonna lie, we're not gonna line up and just out execute people. Um, I like it, I like to compare it kind of to how Jacksonville approached last year. Uh, everybody kind of like was rubbing, you know what I'm saying, like acting crazy because they went and got Christian Kirk to be their top guy, but they made things work. I mean, Doug Peterson's a very creative. Um, offensive play caller, Frank Wright, him and them cut from the same cloth, obviously, with that background there. So they're going to have to do – they're going to be very scheme-dependent. You, you add that to a guy like Thomas Brown, who comes from that McVay tree with a very gimmicky-type offense with a lot of motions, formations, shifts, and stuff like that, window dressing. They're going to have – it's going to be very scheme-dependent. Um, and I think Bryce is cerebral enough to be able to make that thing happen. His ball placement is pretty much is, – it's pretty outstanding, to be honest. Um, so – when you have a guy that can pretty much is that accurate and when you give him protection, um, it's going to have to go. It's, it's going to be hand in hand. That protection and the receiver is going to be hand in hand. It's going to put a lot more pressure on the offensive line to protect, to give those guys time to get open. But I have confidence, confidence in Bryce Young's accuracy and also have confidence in the scheme being able to get things open when it matters. But I, I don't expect anything less than people trying this with man coverage and loading the box until they prove they can do it otherwise. So I'm not going to I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you and say they're going to blow everybody out the water, but they're going to have to prove it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of players I'm excited about, you brought up uh, Hayden Hurst. We literally haven't had a legit tight end since Greg Olson, so I'm happy you brought him up. A player I'm excited about um, is LaVisca Chenault. A lot of people don't know about him, but last year when he did have the ball in his hands, he made some plays for us. So that's one player. Him and Terrence Marshall from the – I call him Broken Rule. Uh, I call him Duck. Uh, <laughs> a broken Rule. I'm so happy we got that, that bullshit out of here. Get him out. <laughs> and and Hayden Hurst are two of the players that I'm definitely excited about. DJ Shark had a 1,000 yards uh, a couple of years ago, but, of course, he got injured. So we just need him to be healthy. And, of course, we don't have the best from Adam Thielen. But he will catch that down ball, which is what we need. 
Yeah, hey, I got, got a quick question for you. I know we're not supposed to put too much into the preseason, right? But are you concerned about the lack of offense production during the preseason? Uh, personally, I, not the production, um, but I'm big on the eye test. You know what I'm saying? Because you can feel certain things. You can see it. And, like, does it look, Chris? Are we just calling plays aimlessly? Is there a rhyme or reason for stuff? I went to every training camp practice. I saw I saw what they were putting in. There was a bunch of stuff that we did do in training camp that we did not show. He talked about LaVisca Chenault. There's a lot of things that he did with LaVisca that they just didn't show. LaVisca's not a precise route runner. He's not going to route you up. He's not going to be – He's not some technician. He's not going Justin Jefferson, you know what I'm saying, give you at, at the top of the route. That's not him. So it's a lot of the stuff that he's going to be involved in is going to be very gimmicky, like I said, and just scheme dependent. So that's not something that you can show in preseason. Um, so I'm not really uh, concerned about that. What I really wanted to see was Bryce in the pocket, Bryce taking a hit, Bryce hanging in the pocket after taking hits, Bryce being able to deliver in the pocket while taking hits or after taking hits. And he passed all those tests. Um, it's not going to be – we're not going to – I mean, I would love for us to come out smoking off rip, but I, I bring it to last year. Like, it took some time to figure out the identity of the team. We had a coach we got fired after five games. Steve Wilkes came in. We ran a bunch of screens against the Rams. Then we just said, F it. We're going to just turn around and hand the football off and do that and do that and do that because we don't have the quarterback. And we found our identity, almost turned into a playoff and division title. Um, so – it's going to take some time to figure things out what we are with the guys we have and with Bryce. Um, but unfortunately we got two divisional games off the rip. So you don't have a ton of room for error. You would likely like to win some games while you're figuring things out. You know what I'm saying? But no, uh, Hey, y'all can figure things out in week three, you know, after y'all play on Monday night. It's going to be on Monday night. We got to, we got to come through on week two at least, you know, everybody watching. Here's my question. You know, you guys had some good – you had a good end of the season when it came to running the football. Foreman's gone, and you bring in Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders had one good year in Philadelphia. Tell me why Miles Sanders is the answer at running back in Carolina. Um, well, he has the background with the coaching staff, obviously. Deuce Staley, I'm one of the best yeah, assistant coaches. I was about to say that. I just do mm – -hmm. He's one of my, I mean, just seeing him before he came to Carolina, seeing him hard knocks with the Lions, he's, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big proponent of Deuce. But when it comes to Miles specifically, you're right. I mean, I'm skeptical of Miles too. I'm not going to lie. Because if you look at some of the numbers from the Eagles, they have one of the best offensive lines in the league. You know what I'm saying? Let one of the one of the top teams in yards before contact, so they don't have to work. They have a running quarterback with Jalen Hurts, so the defense has to respect that. Not to mention they have a bunch of weapons on the outside, so they can't stack the box. You're running against six, seven-man boxes, and you play the numbers game. You have an advantage off rip there. And our offensive line, running blocking is probably their strength for the most part. So I would lean heavily towards being bullish with Miles there. But I think with more opportunity, uh, he'll, he'll be just as productive. I don't think he's going to have a career year again, but – uh, I don't know how much we need that. We'll probably be by committee anyway. Frank Wright, a big committee guy. Deuce Staley, everywhere he's been, even going back to the Lions, a big committee guy with Swift and Williams last year. Um, so it's going to be by committee regardless. Not to mention Foreman is probably going to get cut. Is what it sounds like. So they could run it back with him if they wanted to. I think he just wanted to kind of be the man, which is the reason why he left and went to Chicago. But they went and drafted the running back, and then they ended up doing some things with their running backfield as well. So he's probably going to be on the outside looking in. So he he could end up spinning the block and coming back. So uh, I think it's going to be by committee regardless. That's kind of the main takeaway. 
Yeah, so my question is with I'm actually agreeing with muscle mostly everybody like that wide receiver group like is not impressive at all. And granted, I'm very um I'm actually a big fan of of, of um uh, of the quarterback. I just still think that there needs to be a number one receiver like in that group. So then with you striking out on D Hop, with you striking out on, on OBJ, like who's another receiver that you are at least looking at, you're kind of monitoring to say, okay, maybe come trade deadline or maybe even like into the next offseason. Like that's the number one receiver that I want. It's got to be T Higgins. Um, I think that's what a lot of fans are looking at. They, most of our fan base has a strong affinity towards Clemson Tigers anyway, but T Higgins may be the odd man out. Joe Burrow about to get probably a quarter billion dollars soon and very soon. Um, we know Jamar Chase is a top three wide receiver. Um, arguably the best if you, depending on who you ask in the league. Um, not to mention they have another guy like Tyler Boyd. They just drafted a young guy, uh, Andres, what, Ilya Sovas, whatever, from um, the Ivy League who has had a good preseason. So that's kind of insurance for T. Higgins, who's maybe a $20 million, $25 million receiver. Who knows, depending on what the cap does. So T. Higgins is that guy that if they decide to make that move, depending on how their season goes, depending on just where everything is, um, he's a guy to to keep an eye on there. Um, outside of that, you know, receivers every offseason they get happy, they get they get unhappy. Um, the Tyreek Hill trade came out of nowhere. The Stephon Diggs trade came out of nowhere. Uh, AJ Brown trade kind of came out of nowhere as well. You just kind of got to be ready and have the assets and the cap space to be able to make that move when it's ready. And I think we have about twenty million dollars in cap space um, before. Obviously, we got to sign Brian Burns and stuff. So I think we're kind of in that position, kind of monitoring, seeing what's going on. Because I agree. I mean, we need. You, we need some juice on the outside and it don't even have to be anybody major. Like I said, D hop ain't what it used to be, but I think he would have been fine for what we need this year, especially with yeah, right. we got a bunch. Of, yeah. We got a bunch of complimentary receivers now, but who you complimenting? You know what I'm saying? You can't, everybody can't be a complimentary right receiver. So um, it's going to be, like I said, very scheme dependent, but like I said, ball uh, prices mm-hmm. of accuracy and ball placement and the scheme is going to be pretty much what we're going to be heavily, heavily relying on. I think the exciting thing is the fact that we're actually in literally all of these different plays we hear we could have signed or we could have signed. And I think speaking as a Carolina Panthers fan, it's been a long time since we even been in the conversation. So the fact we even a damn conversation, we good. But when you do look at some of the younger quarterbacks, whether it's Jay Herbo or uh, Burrow Mahomes, they do have that number one target. So I don't think Fitty is going to sit there and just have Bryce without a number one receiver for a long time. So it may not be this year. It may be next year, but I do expect something to come very soon. I'm uh, bullish on Mingo, FYI. Stephon Diggs is who I will circle for real, for real. <laughs> and to kind of piggyback off of Skylar's question, I think, Sheeta, you got one, um, so I let you go. But kind of piggyback off Skylar's question. Uh, so John Domingo, where is y'all – expectations for him because it don't sound like y'all think he will this year i mean he's a rookie right but do y'all foresee him potentially breaking out and becoming that guy either this year or next year becoming like the go-to guy or have y'all not seen enough so far i mean he just started i think for me it's kind of hard because it's so many other players in front of him and even in, in in the depth chart like we still think that terrence marshall can do something you know what i'm saying we still think lavish lavish uh, chanel can do something uh, so I think we still I think that in the future and we got Steve Smith to help us with this pick. So I think Steve Smith and, you know, other Panthers see something in them. But I think this year I'm not I, I honestly can't give you a definitive. He's going to do good. He's going to do bad because, like I said, rookie quarterback plus of everybody else that we had of him uh, before. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't really have the the pedigree 
like some other rookie wide receivers that come in and make an instant impact. I would love for it to happen. And they kind of end of training camp was like joint practices. He showed me a lot. He had some times where he had some drops and stuff during camp. But like once the Jets came to town, um, he he kind of just showed me something I hadn't seen the whole two weeks I was there. And then he's had a couple plays during preseason that have been okay, but it's gonna take some time just based off experience. And he wasn't really he wasn't really heralded that big coming out of college either. Um, obviously he he I mean there's a Ole Miss has the whole lineage now I guess of being wide receiver you, but um, we'll see flashes. I'm just not sure how much we'll be able to depend on him to be wide receiver one. I think as the season goes on, he'll start to establish himself as a go-to target, though. And, yeah, it was kind of basis of my question, what you just said, because I'm a Titans fan. We had A.J. Brown in his rookie year. He was second round pick as well, and his rookie year was, like, great. So <laughs> that's what yeah. I did. And John Domingo, body type, they kind of a little similar as well. So, yeah. Sheedy. Can't hear you. I bought you way out the wrong time. <laughs> Damn it, Sheedy. <laughs> because he was ready, too. Right. He was ready. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like he was ready. He's so disappointed. Oh, man. I know he had a good question, man. I hate to have to move on. But I'm, I'm <laughs> high on Mingo, though. I am high on Mingo, though. I, I think he'll be all right. Just to just to button that up. I think he'll be all right. Um, now, will he be that number one? Who knows? Um, his performance this year will not deter me from wanting a number right. one wide receiver. I'll say that it don't matter what. Well, granted, if he goes off miraculously, okay. yeah, but it, <laughs> there's there's not too much he can do for me to still want to look at a vet wide receiver, bona fide number one that we can bring in. I mean, we got a rookie on a rookie on a, a rookie quarterback on that contract. You got to open up the checkbook while you got it. You know, what I'm saying that window. Is what four, three, four years? You know what I'm saying? So let, let's let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. That's what I meant. Uh, question: So, how confident are you in Frank Wright getting the job done? I know y'all left the rules gone, so I know Panther fans are glad that he's gone. I'm not. I'm, are you guys ex- happy that Wright was the pick, or would you have preferred somebody else other than Frank Wright? Because I've been hearing mixed ideas of the head coach out there. You want to go ahead first? Oh, you got yeah, you got. No, nah, I mean to be honest, I was a big proponent of Steve Wilkes. Um, obviously, I, I, I'm rooting for the black coach. He got done dirty in in Arizona, Arizona his little tenure. Yeah. Um, what he did to make, <laughs> I was at that. I was at that last game before Matt Rule got fired against the 49ers. It was a lot of red in the stadium. Uh, it was a lot of booze. Uh, <laughs> man, you could get, you kind of had that feeling. It was a very low feeling. Um, but he made. Carolina football interesting in January for the first time since 20 what 17 you know what I'm saying that's six yep. years that's six years you know what I'm saying so like we actually had hope which is weird you know what I'm saying and it, it just it was a different feeling and I felt like with him picking up all the broken pieces of what was going on from gutting the coaching staff to only having like four dudes on the defensive staff um, to the point that you guys are spread thin, you hiring dudes off streets we had corners so injured we had to hire Josh Norman off the street this dude he was he was he was working at his barista, you know what I'm saying, in Atlanta at the time. We had to bring that's how bad it got, but we were still on the doorstep of potentially making the playoffs. Had a couple things gone different in our secondary. I'm um, against the Bucks. We may win that game. You know what I'm saying? If we win that game, beat the Saints again like we did in the in the final game, we're going to the playoffs. Something I could say hasn't happened 
since 2017. So I was big on Wilkes. Um, as far as Reich, I think the way they approached it, I thought they kind of did Wilkes dirty. But if you're going to do him like that, you had to do what you did and open up the checkbook. And it's not just right. If it was just right and his normal buddy buddies, I'd be like, eh, okay. But he went outside. He colored outside that coaching circle. He went and got a Jerry Vero who was coveted for some head interview for some head coaching positions. Thomas Brown from that McVay tree. He was he interviewed, I think, for the Tampa job, if I'm not mistaken, or he was about to something like that. I don't know what he did like a couple years ago or something like that. But um, you brought in a Jim Caldwell who wanted to interview for the head coaching position. He has that pedigree, that background with Flacco, Peyton Manning, um, Stafford, of course. And we know what he's done as far as Detroit going to the playoffs as well. So you have a, a, a buffet of experience, you know what I'm saying, behind him. So it's not just him um, that's doing it. So that kind of reassures me. I do have my skepticism on certain things, and it's just a little day-to-day stuff. And I try not to get into that overanalyzing everything day-to-day because that's kind of the trap we fell into with Matt Rule. Um, but it was well-deserving because he was not a competent coach. But I'm trying not to overanalyze all the small stuff. It's what small stuff. But uh, I'm I'm – I'm I'm confident until I'm not. That's how I am right now. I'm not skeptical like I was with Rule. I'm not a big guy on hiring college coaches. So, um, like I said, he's got my confidence and support until he doesn't. I'm with you with every, literally everything you just said. Um, of course, I was team Wilkes for sure because you definitely wanted a black man um, with the job in any any job in NFL, to be honest with you, as far as coaching. I mean, did a hell of a job. Like, I couldn't believe how hopeful I was. Like, oh, shit. Carolina, we may make the playoffs next season. Yeah, I mean, uh, we may make the playoffs this season. And so yeah. even to be like a game or two away was still absolutely amazing. But if, like you said it, if we were to hire anybody, I'm happy as Frank Reich because throughout the whole broken rule era, one thing that he successfully did was piss off the fan base, was alienate, you know, former Panthers players. So not only do you hire a former Panther player, you literally hire the first quarterback to, co- to, to quarterback this team. And we, you know, universe works in mysterious ways his first home game was the falcons his first home game you know coaching this year could be against the falcons he won in the past and i'm pretty damn sure he's gonna win this time but that's a whole nother different story for another day <laughs> but just bring it back to panther nation you got like i said steve smith is my all-time favorite player of all time outside of cam newton for him to come back into the organization and try to help us out is huge with us for other players to come in is huge with us but still for frank wright you got other quarterbacks who who has success and, you know, let's say Carson Wentz, for example, he could have won rookie of the year and damn near MVP at the same time if he didn't get injured for the Eagles. You know, that's debatable, but the numbers he was putting up was crazy. There are also other quarterbacks that we're excited to see. So if I don't think if Frank Wright's there, if, if we didn't have Frank Wright, I don't think we would have had Bryce Young and all of the amazing coaching staff that we had. I'm just putting it like that. I think if we would have kept Wilkes, we would have kept everybody else he wanted. But we had uh, we had our owner uh, open up the pocketbook and said, hey, we're going to get out the best that's out there. And that's what we get. And now I think, like I said, we we feel the confident right now. All right, Sheedy. I didn't really want to talk, man. <laughs> Fuck, you can hear me. All right. Wait. Yeah. Here's the question: Your current team has constructed Carolina Panthers because y'all been on the clock for thirty minutes, and I don't understand it. But let me ask you this: What is one player from your team right now that you can see? their jersey being retired someday for Carolina. You only got one retired so far, I think. Yeah. Uh, 
David Tepper is pretty stingy about that, to be honest. Um, yeah, <laughs> they're gonna um, they're gonna put a couple people in the Hall of Honor, but currently on the team, I mean, if you want me to be ambitious, I'll say Bryce Young, but <laughs> I'll, I'll hey, go with Brian Burns. Brian Burns is gonna be a Panther lifer, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. Now, is he gonna be all? Is he gonna be the best DN in franchise history? That's a tall task when you got a guy like Peppers who's waiting on that call for that yellow jacket, you know what I'm saying, soon and very soon. But I think he's going to be up there with the greats in Panthers franchise history. Um, He wants to be – he's been here for – he's been here through what? This is third regime. Um, He wants to be here. Um, He's still has a lot of good football left ahead of him. He's about to get the bag soon. It's just a matter of time, to be honest. Um, He's definitely, I think, on that trajectory, whether they retire number zero or 53, whatever they do. I think he's on the. I think he's on that 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 path to being one of them ones. Shout out to Mister T Money. He literally took the words out of my my mouth. If it one Bryce and one Burns is J C Horn for the simple fact that he is a lockdown cornerback in his league when healthy. So chill. <laughs> Ain't nobody brought up our defense yet, but cool, cool man. Y'all defense it and we and no questions about them. <laughs> Exactly. exactly. Come on, y'all man. got a nice defense, and then you just added Jim Caldwell to the mix as well, who's a maestro uh, defensively as well. Yeah, it's that wasn't a question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. It's also for the Panthers. Good questions, everyone. Uh, good, like, good uh, explaining them. I think uh, may sway some opinions. Next up, Atlanta Falcons. Danny. Oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> All right. So the Falcons last season was a tale of a bunch of different stories. They started the season four and four. They were in first place. And then magically the wheels off the bus completely fell apart. Marcus Mariota decided to go on a Thursday night in Carolina, actually of all places, and probably through the worst interception. I'm, I just turned 40. Probably the worst interception of my entire lifespan. Uh, in that Carolina game where he decided to do a complete 360 uh, on his knee. I don't know what you want to call it. At that moment, the season had fell apart. Mariota then leaves the team after getting benched. And then the Desmond Ritter era finally happens. Ritter goes two and two down the stretch. I actually went to the Baltimore game. Um, As he went through his progression the last four games, you can tell he was more confident in the pocket. His play started getting better. He started making better plays, making better decisions down the field. And they, we even beat Tampa to end the season. He was 2-2 two and two as a starter. Those four games, his best receiver, Kyle Pitts, was nowhere to be found because he was hurt. Calvin Ridley was, was, was on PTO and somehow got suspended while on FMLA time. So he's gone. He's now in Jacksonville. The offseason was really one major thing because Lamar Jackson was sitting over the franchise's head the entire time. The previous offseason, Atlanta had chased after Deshaun Watson and was only beaten out between us and the Saints by some owner decided giving him the largest contract in NFL history. That was fully guaranteed. It really was what it was. Atlanta had the opportunity to go do all over again. But against what Arthur Blake would have done, he decided to take the money and do something that he hasn't done since he's been in Atlanta and spend money on defense. Atlanta's defense has been literally the worst defense probably in, the, in, in collectively in the last 15 years in the NFL. The only time the Falcons have had a competitive defense is when we got to the NFC Championship game or and or the Super Bowl. Under Matt Ryan's tenure, Atlanta only had two top, 10, two top 20 defenses. Both of them ended up in either the NFC Championship game or in the Super Bowl. Outside of that, Atlanta's been in bottom 20. So what did they do? 
Carolina spent money on, on their side. So did Atlanta. The first thing they did was to get Jesse Bates from, from the Cincinnati Bengals. A key, a huge, a huge piece of the secondary, a captain of a defense, a guy that's been to the Super Bowl, a guy that can help a, the bunch of young Falcons back there. So what they do on the defensive line, one of the worst pass rushes in the NFL, they went and got Calais Campbell and Damien's former guy, David Ormiana from the New Orleans Saints to go help the pass rush to help Grady Jarrett. Well, they also went and got Bud Dupree and they also signed Kevon, uh, they signed Ellis exactly from the New Orleans Saints. So former New Orleans Saints GM Terry Fontenot decided to go take from the old Mercedes and put it in the new Mercedes and take some of his former Saints with him to Atlanta. On the offensive side of the ball, Atlanta made the surprise selection of, of uh, Bajan Robinson in the first round of the NFL draft. Now, Shark knows. Shark is a former – he's a Titans fan. Head coach Arthur Smith does one thing and one thing well. His teams in Tennessee knew how to run the football. They were the best running teams in the NFL. So what do you do when Atlanta has a high-power offense when it comes to running the football? You go get the best running back in the entire draft, and you go from there. They spent first-round picks on Drake London. They spent them on Kyle Pitts. But now they have a guy, Bajon Robinson, to go with the guy in Tyler Algier, who had almost 1,000 yards last season, to go on top of Cordell Patterson, who could be used in so many different ways and made the Pro Bowl two years ago, but was hurt last season. Atlanta has a dynamic offense that also brings in John o. Smith, a former Tennessee Titan, on top of bringing back their two best offensive linemen re-signed in the offseason. And so now they put a team around second-year quarterback Desmond Ritter to say one of two things. It's his team now with a competent offense, way different than he had last season, and a make-or-break year. Atlanta didn't trade the draft picks. Atlanta didn't move up in the draft. And so this is Ritter's one year to shine. They brought in Tyler Hineke to be the backup. He's not even threatening the starting job. And Logan Woodside did really well in the preseason, so he's going to probably be the third quarterback. This is Ritter's year. Atlanta lives or dies with a quarterback in Desmond Ritter in an offense that's kind of similar to what he had in Cincinnati. His job isn't to win games. His job is to not make mistakes. And when he was at Cincinnati in college, what did he do? Not make mistakes. And what did he do at Cincinnati? He's the all-time winning quarterback, most winning quarterback in winning percentage in school history. So you give him that type of feel going into a division, like you said, with teams in transition, there's no more Tom Brady in the division. Carolina's a brand-new head coach. New Orleans has a lot of change in a lot of different areas. Atlanta has a chance to be better than 7-10. and 10. I'm not saying they're a 10-12 win team, but Atlanta has a chance to improve. And one or two breaks in the season from last year turns this from 7-10 and 10 into a wildcard team last year. Or a division winner last season. So there's a lot of things that happened in Atlanta. And there's a lot of exciting upside. They trade for Jeff Okuda in the offseason to help the secondary out. They've made changes all over and getting guys in who actually have competency playing football on top of the guys that Atlanta already has in AJ Terrell, uh, Drake London. They have Kyle Pitts. Once these young kids get together with the veterans, Atlanta has a lot going for themselves. So the days of being bad might be close to being over in Atlanta. I'm not saying they're a Super Bowl team, but they have a chance to win a division that's very winnable. All right. I kick right. off the questions. Desmond Ritter was compared to a certain quarterback in Tennessee, Ryan Tannehill, when coming to the draft. Can he simply beat Ryan Tannehill this season? Um, honestly, that'll probably keep his job if he simply decked a, a play-action quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over and just manages, manages the game. So can he beat Ryan Tannehill this season? The difference between Desmond Ritter and Ryan Tannehill is one thing. Ryan Tannehill has a cannon for an arm. Like Ryan Tannehill can throw the ball down the field. 
But Desmond Ritter is more accurate than Ryan Tannehill. So if you go back to the Tennessee tapes, those, those times where Titans fans know that Ryan Tannehill missed the open pass because he can't throw, he's not very accurate. Right, Ritter will hit those passes. But <laughs> I, the one thing I worry there. about Ritter is that Ritter doesn't go very well over the top. That's why Atlanta went out and got a whole basketball team full of wide receivers. Like their receiving core is all tall. Matt Collins is 6'3, mm-hmm. uh, Drake London is 6'4, Kyle Pitts is 6'3. They have basically a starting front line or a starting backcourt at the receiving court. So if you're throwing a lot more 50-50 balls, Atlanta has a good chance of getting those with those type, those tall types of receivers. So to answer your question, they're very similar, but they also have the differences as well, too. All right. So you mentioned Kyle Pitts. Uh, so far in his career, hasn't really lived up to his high pick. Not his fault, but hasn't lived up to that high pick. Is this the year that we see Kyle Pitts blow up and be the guy that we all thought he was going to be? Good question. That's that's a $64 question every fantasy football owner wants to know because <laughs> their drafts are all this week. And Kyle Pitts is literally considered right after Mark Andrews, George Kill, and some guy who cut off his beard in Kansas City. Um, Kyle Pitts has every bit of talent in the world. Now, Arthur Smith's job with Desmond Ritter is to get him in space because he's a matchup nightmare. So you can see him now in the two tight end sets with Johnny Smith being in the offense, them splitting him out wide, them putting him in the slot. I think Pitts will be all over the place. I think you'll see more of year one Kyle Pitts more than year two Kyle Pitts, where Kyle Pitts made the Pro Bowl as a rookie. So I do think he, he does hit 1,000 yards this year. I think I trust Kyle Pitts as a receiver more than I trust Drake London. No offense to Drake London, but Pitts can – his speed, his size, and the fact that he's playing tight end will be a difference maker compared to London, who's going to be on the outside, who's really more of a possession receiver at 6'3 and a half, 6'4. Are there any worries about the Falcons? Okay, so Matt Collins, right? So here's why I have my problem concerned. All right, Matt Collins is a – he was solid in, in, in uh, Las Vegas last year. But as a number two, that does scare me. But Atlanta went out and got Johnny Smith, who's a very, very good. He's got he's a better hands tight end than you know. He's one of the better hands tight ends in the league. And so when you have an offense that uses a lot of play action, uses a lot of double tight ends, when you have those sets, Matt Collins' job is to hold on to the football, make first downs, and occasionally use his size to go over the top when needed to. And as far as Jeff Okuda, I'm happy with Jeff Okuda. He was a top five pick for a reason. Some situations, and we, we all watch enough sports, doesn't matter what sport it is. When you get drafted as high as he did, sometimes the situation might not be the best thing for you. It just might be a diff, it might be a change of pace. He might just need a new environment, new coaches, new atmosphere, new everything else. So I'm okay with Jeff Okuda. Um, what we gave up for him, I think, was a fourth round draft pick. So I think once he gets healthy, there's a couple of rookies out there we have on the team. So I think uh, Phillips. Uh, came in, who's played really well in the slot in the preseason. So I think Atlanta has a lot of talent over there. I think Okuda will be just fine. My question is, if I can be selfish, because we got to do these picks in about 20 minutes, confidence level in your Atlanta Falcons winning the division? I'd give it an 8 out of 10. I'm extremely confident in Atlanta. Because Atlanta, the one thing a rookie has, there's two <laughs> things a rookie needs to win a division as rookie quarterback. You need to have a, a safety valve, and you need to have a running game. Atlanta has both. Atlanta has two tight ends that can catch the ball, one that can actually get downfield, one that can make the catch, and they have three running backs. They have the best trio of running backs in the division. 
That's it. All he, all Desbert has to do is throw the ball 15 to 18 times a game, compete 12 to, 15, 12 to 15, don't turn the ball over, let Bajan Robinson, Tyler Allergier, and Cordell Patterson run for close to 26, 2700 yards, play ball control, and keep the defense off the field. That's pretty doable in this division. It's very doable. Man, let me let me tell you like this, though. <laughs> what I see don't for come, Atlanta don't, is don't the same come, don't thing that happened with us. It's the see same what I just did there. That see what I just did there. We have, the <laughs> we have the same record ended last year, but y'all going to be figuring out, damn, how can I get the first-round pick of the NFL draft so I can get me a legit quarterback? Because you're talking all this Desmaretta BS, right? And I'm looking at him actually play the four games. For one, he only scored – a touchdown, scored two, against a Buccaneers team that didn't play his starters. That's number one. But number two, of course, he beat them, but he also beat a Cardinals team who was just damn sorry. The other two games he played, he was in. <laughs> he didn't even score a touchdown. So for you to have comf- all the confidence in the world for your fa- Falcons, shout out to you. Hey. How much confidence real- do you have in Desmond Redler starting next year? How about that? That let me let me let me let me go with that. Going into training camp next season, how much confidence? How much confident are you and Desmond Redder being the starting quarterback next season for the Atlanta Falcons? I can't speak on something that happens in January, but what I can speak on is y'all beat us three times since 2016. I don't think you can say anything to me now. Cool. And we still, I mean, cool. We still gonna have the same record. We still had the same record, did we not? The year before, did we have a better record? I mean. Some very fortunate events happened last year that prevented that sweep. Let's just let's exactly. keep it. Let's keep, let's keep it a buck. Let's keep it a buck. But I, but I, I got I got a real I got a real question that you that nobody's talking about. Okay, let's have a real question. I got a real question. You, 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 the, the bag got opened up on defense in a lot of places. I respect that, but yeah. nobody opened up the bag. You, you, this is the NFL. Like Anyamata, cool. Uh, Grady Jarrett, cool. Uh, uh, Calais Campbell, cool. Who do y'all have coming off the edges? If you can't rush the passer coming off the edge, it don't matter. There's no, I, no. I don't, I don't have any. You, you name Bud Dupree, cool. If he plays, four sacks. If he, if plays. he plays, if he plays, if he plays, if he plays. Four sacks. I'm gonna be honest with you, Bud, Bud Dupree ain't, ain't been ish since he left Pittsburgh. They drafted no, and, 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 and I agree. Harrison, he's not. And I agree. He was fine when he was fine since he when he played. It just, I think that yeah, the first Yeah, that first. No, and 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 they only though. You know, I I I one thousand percent agree. Like I am not, I'm not confident in the pass rush. Well, I have been, I have been confident in the pass rush since the year we had, um, my guy with 15 sacks. We got to the Super Bowl, Vic Beasley, and I think he had like 1.5 sacks ever since that 16 sack season. Don't one thing I can't Don't say is he's an XFL. Yeah, exactly. One thing I can say is, uh, Ibikide, the second, uh, the second year guy from Penn State, they have Carter, they brought Brad Dupree. I think also when you bring in guys like Calais Campbell, you bring in uh, Omiyata for the Saints, you bring in guys that if they even get four or five sacks, over time that adds up. Atlanta only had, I think, was it 22 sacks last season? So if each of those guys get about five or six, five sacks, that's more than what, more of the total Atlanta had last year. So it's always improvement. I'm not saying Atlanta's going to be able to get the numbers of Philadelphia where they had 70 sacks in the season. Those are the things that, you know, Atlanta is all about improvement. As long as Atlanta is not in the bottom 20 in defenses, that's an improvement over last year. Carolina has a defense. We're not going to lie. Carolina has the best defense in the division. Hands down. I'm not going to argue against that. I'm not going to argue with Carolina. Stop looking at that, D. Stop looking like that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Number one defense. The second half of last season was the Saints. Number one defense. Second half of last season. 
Is it half your guys in Atlanta right now? Half your defense <laughs> no, is Atlanta right the now. The guys we let go is the guys we could let go because we had the number one defense in the second half of last season. The pay players because you <laughs> didn't have no salary cap room. <laughs> Because how many times have we all First of all, the reason that people believe the cap is capped is because of the Saints. We make things work when it comes to salary cap. How many times have you read that? That's why it's an LBR commandment now. Yo, how many times are you going to make Cam Jordan give up guaranteed money so y'all can stay under the salary cap? Hey, that man is a Saint for life because of that. We appreciate him. And he is somebody that's going to be on that. You mentioned like the Wall of Fame and all that stuff. Because of his great play, he's going to be a Hall of Famer and a Saints great forever. And he helped us keep his great defense together. I don't care what kind of secondary you guys. You ain't got no pass rush, brother. You, you, nobody can nobody can play defense in this league for, forever. You know what I'm saying? You got to be Once able to again, get home, like, man. like I said, it's all about controlling the ball, using the running game, keeping the defense off the field. That's really what it is. Atlanta has a running game where they can keep the ball 35 to 45, 30 to 40 minutes a game offense. Robinson can run between tackles, run, Robinson can run past you. That's really what it is. It's ball control. Arthur Smith's team is all about ball control this year. Atlanta's not and guess what? We still had the same record y'all did. What was y'all excuse? No, 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 no. You talking about all this upside, but y'all no, did the same thing last year. I vividly vivid, <laughs> remember. I, 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 remember I, I live in Atlanta. So I'm, I'm, on a, I'm on the four star radio tip. So what? I now, he, now you can we can talk bigger picture, but let's talk about the let's talk about the weeds because y'all I vividly remember callers calling in because I live I live down here in Atlanta, so I hear the sports talk radio about people complaining about. Y'all being down multiple scores in the game and still running the ball because y'all had no confidence in the defense, no confidence in the passing game, no confidence in the quarterback. Y'all, yeah, the running game is cool, but the running game is yes, a good a good offense is a great defense, whatever. But if you're down multiple scores and you can't throw the ball down the field because you have to rely on your running game that much, or you don't trust your quarterback, or you're trying to protect your defense that much, that's a problem. So Y'all been on that tip. This is Arthur Smith. But, Arthur Smith. Somebody said in the, the, the wishbone. It's funny. It's funny. But Atlanta plays in a division where the Saints receivers can't stay healthy. Tampa has Baker Mayfield at quarterback. Okay. Who y'all ran off last year. Y'all ran y'all ran Baker to Tampa. And your receivers. The fact that he was on our team and we still got the same record is you helping us, actually. <laughs> Once again, three wins since like 2016. I think you should be zipped at this point. Atlanta, Atlanta has won six games since my daughter has been born, and my daughter is. Well, y'all, y'all finna run that, y'all finna run that rookie to the ground and not pay him in three years. That's exactly what y'all finna do with John Robinson. Come okay, on, so see, one, hey, one thing on, Carolina has residency is the fact that your mascot's good and he's known as a bear. That's what you. That's the got only one. thing. Carolina, we got a mascot. We got one too. Y'all can even pay for a person to put somebody in a mascot. What are they gonna do? Just no. <laughs> Come on, dog. Bird, man. Let's go back to Let's go back to business. Let's go back to business. Let's go back to business. Let's go back to business here. But I think the one thing Atlanta has, right? It is ball control, it is defense. In a division where I don't feel like it, a lot of the teams are high powered, the only offense I'm really concerned with that's high powered might be New Orleans. And that's only when Alvin Kamara gets back after suspension. And I just really want to see how David Carr works with that offense. I'm not so I'm not truly surprised and worried about Carolina. Baker Mayfield's gonna make enough mistakes at the wrong times of the game to find Mike Evans or find Chris Godwin. I'm not worried about that. 
it's only it's really all about the Saints and then everybody else in the division. Not, and like I said, I hate the Saints more than y'all two do. But I, I I'm down the middle and being completely honest. If Atlanta controls the ball, Atlanta gets up in games. They're going to run the ball down people's throats. Atlanta's not built to score 30 points a game. This is not a 30 point a game offense. If we got a high draft pick next year and went and got one of those receivers, I'm okay with that. That that's a different story. We're not built to score 30 points a game. We're built to win games 20 to 17. And once if it gets down to the it gets down to it, Atlanta's kicker is the best in the division. Who is the best kicker in the division? So if it comes down to a point where Atlanta has hit field goals, I trust my kicker more than anybody else in the division. So we're we're one of those teams that's going to win 20 to 17, 23 to 20. You got 20. one of the best names in the world, so I should I trust them too. What if it comes down <laughs> to your defense needing to get a stop, but you ain't got no pass rush in the fourth quarter? Hell, I'll do what I do. It happens, I've done, it happens in close games too. Listen, I've listen, I'll do the same thing I do for the last 16 years as a Falcons fan. I just pray. <laughs> That's all I do at that point. <laughs> I'm honest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a realistic, I'm a realistic Falcons fan, but I'm also a journalist at the same time. So I'm a Falcons fan, but at the same time, also realistic. It, it, it is what it is. If it comes down to it, I would rather have the ball in our hands and put it in the hands of defense. But the good thing with the defense is it's a lot better than it was last year. We do have more guys that can actually get to the quarterback. Now, will they get to the quarterback all the time? Sometimes you just need to make one or two plays. Atlanta has more playmakers than they've had the last couple of years. Like I said, as long as the defense gets No, you lost Danny. Oh, you froze up on just like this season last season. We're about to talk about the Saints now. Oh, Jesus geez. Christ. <laughs> we are over here talking about some under 500 teams. The whole division won the 500. The whole division won the 500. <laughs> That's my point. That's my point. You won't write it. That's my point. So you better be lucky. I actually got y'all winning the first last of those songs. Uh, sorry, she did. Sorry, she did. Everybody can't have it. 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 Everybody Hey, Daddy. Before we lose, before uh, we move forward, or I, I want, I don't want to lose this question from the comments that Ryan asked. Now I'm trying to find it. Now I had it before <laughs> she started talking to us. Here we go. Well, Arthur Smith, Ryan asked, "Will Art Smith be fired if Falcons don't have a winning season?" I think it's about improvement. I think it really is. I think if Atlanta improves, I think if they go if they go backwards and this thing goes left real quick, yeah, the the seat is going to burn in Atlanta. Um, just like a hot summer day in March, it's going to be terribly and blissful down there if this thing goes left quickly. Um, but I think as long as there is improvement, um, unless Ritter is completely trash, I think Smith does keep his job. Uh, I'm not, like I said, this was a rebuilding project. This was not something that was going to happen overnight. Atlanta had to rebuild. the Matt, After the Matt Ryan era, they had to rebuild their entire team. The Matt Ryan's Julio Jones era is gone. So that's really is. And I do believe Atlanta's offensive line is solid enough. They made they made a lot of adjustments. Um, they brought back guys that we've had. Atlanta's running game was, was was really good last year, anyway. So it can only get better from here. And I got a fantasy question for you know Tyler Algier had over a thousand yards last year, and y'all still went and drafted a running back. So, so as a person who might be considering drafting Tyler Algier, do you expect him to get enough carries to you know warrant drafting him, or Bijan Robinson is going to be pretty much the Bell Cal. I think 
Robinson's going to get a lot of carries. He's going to get his carries, but the one thing he Arthur Smith won't do is he won't wear down Deshaun Robinson by giving him 25 to 30 carries a game to start the season. I think it's one of those things where Robinson gets about maybe 17 to 20 touches. Allergy will probably get about 14 to 16. And into the first part of the season, but then when Cordell Patterson uh, returns, it'll be a little bit different. So, no, I think Allergy is a solid guy, but you might want to take him probably about the seventh or eighth round, depending on what your running back situation looks like. Street saying that Cordell Patterson getting cut or traded. Nah. Um, even though like, even though uh, Godwin had a really, really good preseason, it, the, the fact that Patterson is too dangerous and too needed on the return game, he's still one of the best kick returners in the game. So, no. I don't see no touches for Kyle Pitts. So I don't, I don't see nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, Kyle, Kyle Pitts is going to the first two or three rounds. I told you. I said Pitts. As, a, as a person who had Kyle Pitts on his fantasy team, I was highly disappointed. But, yeah, I, I hope it's – I'm hoping the uh, better days are, are coming for Kyle. It will. Any more questions? <laughs> All right. Let's move on to New Orleans. How about them Saints? All right, for so for Sheedy, I'm gonna keep it brief. <laughs> so uh last season was a season of transition for us, right? You know, you had those times in your life where you kind of lose who you are, you gotta remind yourself this is who I am. That's what kind of our season was last year. We kind of lost who we was, and because of that, you know, I lost a bet to Tuke and had to pay for his lunch last year. I plan on getting that back this year nah. for sure. <laughs> With the Saints. Uh then the offseason, we addressed that because we knew our offense was trash last year, just point blank, period, trash. And our defense was really good, especially the second half of last season. I mentioned earlier that we were the number one ranked defense. I believe from week nine on, we were the number one ranked defense in the NFL. And we were not able to take advantage of that because our offense just had no juice at all, just stuck in the mud with Andy Dalton. And because we had Andy Dalton, our running game was stuck in the mud because of it. <laughs> it just everything didn't work out because of that. Uh, so because of that, we went out and got Derek Carr. Uh, we also got a kid in the draft, Kendra Miller, who's going to help us in transition while Alvin Kamara is out during those first three games. So I'm actually not too worried about that. I'm actually, it may be a blessing in disguise that Alvin Kamara is going to be out those first three games because once he comes back, it's going to be fresher to end the season. So actually not too mad about that. And for our defensive line, somebody mentioned in the comments that we don't have somebody opposite of Cam Jordan. Uh, we have Carl Granderson right now starting opposite of Cam Jordan. He's a veteran who had five sacks last year. I believe he got an even bigger year this year, having more reps. Uh, we have a rookie in uh, Breesey who we got out of Clemson, who people are comparing to a young Chris Jones. Not my words. Coming from camp, people are comparing him to a young Chris Jones. So if he comes in and has a big impact, our defense line will be very, very good. To go along with our all-pros in Demario Davis, who's still one of the best linebackers in the league, Marshawn Lattimore, Tyron Matthew, who looked really good the second half of last season. So with the addition of Derek Carr going with this offense, Michael Thomas, hopefully, finally, I'm praying, fingers crossed, that he's finally healthy. He looks really good. Slap <laughs> man. Slap man. Slap man. He ain't been slap man in about five years, man. Welcome back, slap man. The slap boy. The slap boy. Insult is so slant funny to me because the man got the most catches in NFL history just running slants. That's no nobody. It ain't, he was running just slants. Slant nobody stopped him. Like, come on, <laughs> let's let's be for real. So, so Michael Thomas, if he's healthy, it's 
it's gonna be crazy for this offense. Even if he's not though, Chris Olave and the other wide receivers that we have, Traquan Smith, like this offense is going to be good. Uh, so I believe that we're going to be a very, very good team this year with our defense and the additions that we made on offense. Michael Thomas, I'm hoping the praying he stays healthy, but if not, I still believe in this offense. So I think we're going to have a really good year coming up this year with the additions that we made. And Dennis Allen uh, mentioned earlier that someone said he may be the worst coach in the division. I, <laughs> that's one thing that I'm not going to be, you know, I can't really argue against. I can't, I can't really make an argument against that. But I do believe with his second year now being in the head coaching spot, he's got the experience from last year of making mistakes. He made a lot of mistakes last year. You mentioned the game against Tampa Bay on Monday Night Football where we had them just done in the mud and we let them out off the hook. I think those mistakes will be gone this year just based on that experience. So who that said they're going to beat them saints, the saints get back to being who they are. And that's the Kings of the South. That's what we get back to being this year. They're in the pocket. Hey, cause what is going on in these comments, bro? These comments are going in right bro. now. Hey, I appreciate it, bro. Hey, yo, bro, I got my question. Um, hey, uh, yo, Allen, like what? <laughs> let me get back. Uh, Dennis Allen, <laughs> how much did you blame last year's offense? Y'all offense. How much? I guess how much do you get to blame out to him versus the personnel, and how much do you think it's going to improve this year with your personnel getting the builder? Uh, I would give 65% of the blame to Dennis Allen. Uh, our offense, not only like personnel definitely had a lot to do with it, but also it was just a lack of creativity, right? Like a lot of times the offense was just, you could tell what was coming a mile away. I'm, you know, watching at home saying, oh, here come the run up the middle or here come the screen. Like you could tell exactly what was coming last year. So him, our offensive coordinator, Pete Carmichael, they both need to improve their game. So I would give 65 to 70% of the blame to them. Yeah, I'm actually a big Derek Carr fan. The fellas will tell you I actually had him going MVP at one point in time. Uh, but last season, he literally had his statistically worst season since his rookie season. So I want to ask you, uh, even though this is a new team, are you expecting better or worse from last season? Oh, way better. I think he was in a horrible situation with a coach who didn't really want him. Uh, the coach, for some reason, believes that Jimmy G is a better answer. Like, I think that gives you enough information on what situation he was in. The fact that the coach is like, oh, we're going to be now. We're going to be much better now. Like, really? So I think he's going to be much better now in this situation with a real offensive line. And for the first time in his career, an above average defense to play along with. He's never had that. Never. So I think that's going to be a big part of why he plays better. Yeah, yeah. One, I saw some where before, uh, right before you go. I saw something Oakland or Raiders. So I guess they did play with Oakland at one point before they went to Vegas. They never had a defense ranked higher than 19th. What's that? No, oh, never, no, never ever ranked higher than 19th wow. during his yeah. time there. Damn. Well, Aaron, you can go. Yo, Damn, you, oh. you mentioned Brian no. Breezy. You mentioned Damn. Brian Breezy. Aaron, oh, Aaron. Aaron. Aaron had a question first. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I just had a quick one. I was going to say, uh, how much of a side eye are the players giving John Gruden for the Saints trying to sneak him back into the league after that BS emails he had? Because I know y'all done brought John Gruden in to try to. Try to be the quarterback whisperer for Derek Carr, so like he getting the side eye. <laughs> yeah, that, like that was that was definitely crazy. That was something that I was like, "Yo, like what what are we doing?" Uh, but Derek Carr, being a very you know forgiving man of faith, is somebody that they was like, "Okay, if he's somebody who's gonna still be cool with rudeness because he has that side to him." 
So I think that's where people are like, all right, we're just going to let that go. We're going to move forward going with it. But I don't see John Gruden making any in-season appearances for the Saints at all. Not at all. Well, John Gruden, bro. Danny. Got to relax. Relax. <laughs> I know. Just so you mentioned Brian Breezy last year um, on your defensive line, the kid from Clemson, and you said that the, the team feels confident in him. But do you feel confident he's going to stay on the field? Because dude's played 14 games in the last three years of college, and you guys are hmm. expecting him to make an impact where he can't be – where he plays just as much as Michael Thomas does. So what's your confidence level in him taking over as a pass rusher where he can't stay on the field? And history shows yeah. him. That was college. You know, we've had people that have had injury, injury history in college and then been able to be better in the pros. So we hope to see him be better in the pros. Uh, like I said, I like the potential that we see and what we're hearing in the comparisons from other players in camp. So just got to wait and see. And I just looked at the Saints depth chart. I didn't realize they got Foskey as well. I, I'm not I'm not mad at y'all edge rotation with Peyton. I mean, Peyton Turner, you, you didn't name him, but I, I actually – Payton Turner, he seems like a decent dude, a rotation piece, um, just from the plays he made against Carolina last year. I remember that uh, yeah. vividly. But I didn't realize they got they drafted Foskey as well. I mean, so y'all got some young dudes mixed in there uh, too. So oh, sure, yeah. it, may be, it may be decent up front on the D-line. I mean, I can say I, I, I agree. I think y'all defense will be pretty solid uh, for sure. Um, they always have a decent amount of speed, and they play hard under Allen. Um, but like I said, my question is just him being that head guy in charge. You know what I'm saying? So I guess offensively my question is, how big of an impact will those games that Alvin Kamara misses? Like, how would that weigh? Because, I, I mean, I, you tell me, you, you, I may be wrong, but from what I understand, the, the offensive line isn't what it used to be. Obviously, it used to be one of the most dominant groups in the league, but now with some transition, obviously, with Armstead gone and obviously still got Ramchek and stuff like that. But uh, how confident are you in the running game and stuff like that with Alvin Kamara? Because we know he's a big piece of the passing game as well. We saw that in preseason that he was – running game, passing game, he's been just a big part of that offense in general. So how concerned are you with him missing those games early on? Actually, I'm not too concerned because we do have Kendra Miller. We have Jamal Williams. So we're going to be able to fill that hole as good as you can for three games. And because he takes those three games off, we know how much punishment running backs take. So I think we'll be able to use him better going forward because of that. Yeah. All right, question from the comments from Ryan. How much Kamara's suspension is going to affect the offense? Well, yeah, we just, just answered that one. So I think that it's not going to affect it too much. And then once he does come back, we'll, we'll be able to use it in a major way. And, like, Kamara's a, a, like a major, major player, but he didn't play well last year. But they said there was something about him as far as his body and the way that uh, his muscles were being developed in his legs that weren't right. It's a crazy story you got to check out. But uh, they said that they got that fixed now. He should be good to go. And he looked great in the preseason, like you mentioned. So I can't wait to see him come back in week four. I'm mad he won't be there for week two against Tukin the Panthers. I'm so mad about that. <laughs> I, I'm, I ain't tripping. <laughs> what, what, what happened to his muscles? I, I remember seeing him carrying like some big old, like, I don't even know what you call it, like a yoke, I guess, with weights on a couple years ago when he was in the offseason yeah. and stuff. So what's going, what was going on with that? I mean, to me, his legs are probably the best part of his game because he got some of the best balance in the league. Like, one of the hardest dudes it's, to tackle. Exactly. Yeah, happened, so they were like, saying like, – yeah. They were, sorry, I mean to cut you off. But they were saying mm -hmm. that he had too much muscle on the right side compared to the left. Uh, so he was, so that was what was causing injuries, too, to his legs. 
So they say they, they balance that out and he should be healthier like he was for the beginning of his career because of that. Interesting. Right. Any more questions? All right. Let's so you bounce that man like a, like a car or tire. Got you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Man. The, yeah, let's get to the even more fun part of the show. And I actually do a little bit different this time with the NLC South predictions. I let us, the host, go first. And then I let guess Andy off because I know it's going to be some trash talk. So I let y'all have hit it. <laughs> so I go to order this on the screen. Me, Sheedy, Trevor, Skyler, Father by Two, Danny. Aaron, Dan, Damien. So, my prediction first up, y'all did convince me, Panthers fans, to go ahead and put y'all first. I had the Saints number hey. one, but I was a huge believer in Bryce. I actually talked Took into him. Um, not saying Took, Took never not like Bryce, but you were more of a CJ Stroud guy. And I was like, and I can't believe that was a time, right? I can't believe that was a time. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe <laughs> yeah, I'm a big believer in him. Y'all defense is set. Uh, of course, the weapons are questionable, but I mean, Bryce Young, I just, I really I am a big believer, so I think he can pull it off. I got the Saints second, that defense, along with Derek Carr having his best defense he's ever had, definitely makes a difference. I just don't trust like the health of Michael Thomas. I, I need to see it to believe it. I'm not taking him on fancy ever again um, <laughs> until, he, <laughs> until he actually returns to his slant many days. But I do have the Saints second and potential playoff contender uh, as well. Third, I have the Falcons coming in. I do believe in everything y'all have except Desmond Ritter. So he's going to show me something. But everything y'all got around him, I believe in. It's just I need to see it from him. And this is his kind of make or break here anyway. So that's the real question coming around, y'all. Bucks, I got last. They still got the talent. Baker Mayfield could prove what's wrong. But I just – I believe in the other three teams a lot, better, a lot more than I believe in Baker Mayfield at this point. So that's my order. Judy. Yeah, we're going to stay in the basement, fellas. Uh, Buccaneers will be the last place team here. Um, but I'll take it to the top. Give me the New Orleans Buckeyes um, to win the division for sure. Um, too many Buckeyes not to do that well. Um, and then in second place, I got the Panthers. And then third, I got the Falcons. Falcons, I, I feel like I just need more from a receiver and a quarterback type connection or just something greater than 800-plus yards. Um, and I know y'all can do that. Once that happens, I think y'all might be ready to take take over a little bit more. But only one team is getting getting the playoff, and that'll be the Saints. I'm sorry, no one else is contending. Yeah, for me, the magic number for this uh, division is the number nine. I think nine wins uh, wins this division, and uh, that will go to the New Orleans Saints, uh, in my opinion. Um, the Panthers will be right there, maybe a half a game out or a full game out. Um, I think that their defense and everything is set. I do like the addition of Jim Carwell to help coach their defense. Um, but until we – we all believe in Bryce Young. We've seen it um, in college. We've seen it a little bit in preseason. But last time I talked preseason is preseason, so we got to see how he looks there. Um, I have the Falcons uh, coming in at third. I just need to see a little bit more from Desmond Ritter, uh, unfortunately. But I do like uh, where they're heading. I do like the pick of B. John Robinson and things of that nature. So I do like uh, the come up for them. And then I have the Bucks in the basement. Um, Tom Brady curse. Teams uh, that lose Tom Brady eventually fall completely off a cliff. And I don't see anything different here. So uh, that's my order. Saints, Panthers, Falcons, and Bucks. Yeah, it's, it's hard to ignore that order. Um, I'm always a big proponent of when I do rankings, who has the better quarterback? 
who has the better coach in, in this division. That does not matter clearly. Um, but I still think at the end of the day that the Saints have will have the better quarterback just for next season. So because I believe in that and because I still think that the Saints historically are going to have a pretty good defense, uh, I'll go Saints one. Um, the Panthers will be right there, right behind them. Um, I love me some Bryce Young. Their defense is legit. It's just I'm I'm concerned about that offensive line and I'm concerned about, you know, who he's throwing the ball to. So because that's a huge question mark for me. They're at two. Uh, I think I go Atlanta three. Um, again, like what they've done defensively, but still big questions about the quarterback and Atlanta just were always Atlanta. So I'll put them at three and then, you know, I'll put Tampa Bay at four because they got Baker Mayfield. So of course I'm going Panthers. I mean, come on now. <laughs> I mean, we had a point now, like we got, we literally had the number one pick. We literally could have picked anybody, any quarterback. And we went with him with, with Bryce Young. And, but we wasn't the worst team in the NFL. Like we could have been uh, talking about a whole different thing if DJ uh, DJ more than take off his helmet, bro. Like just being dead ass. But it is what it is. That's in the past. Um, I expect my Panthers to win. You said it, Trevor. The number nine, nine for nine. Uh, that's I think is gonna get us the first round. I do have the Saints uh, right after us, who I think could possibly be in the play playoffs as well. Uh, number three, <laughs> give me Tampa Bay. <laughs> Of course, he a Baker fan, man. <laughs> of course, he's the only Baker, Baker fan man. on this podcast. So of course, they formerly played. They slow. They formerly slowed down for his team. Exactly. <laughs> it's not even. It's not even Baker, man. It's it's not even Baker. It's the fact that honestly, if you ask me, like who got the best weapons overall in the NFC South offensively, it would be the Bucks outside of Baker. So I mean, I'm saying Baker could do better than Riller, and I think that. I, like I told you, the, the Falcons—they're gonna be—they're gonna be trying to figure out how to be to get the top pick next season. I ain't, I ain't worried about them. Falcons number four. Danny, actually, I have Atlanta winning the division. Um, I think Atlanta, New Orleans. Let's go. And, Let's go. But chaos. I think Atlanta. Chaos. But I think, chaos. But I, think I think Atlanta and New Orleans will be with the same record. I think that's what's gonna happen. But I think Atlanta will get the tiebreaker and win the division only because of tiebreaker purposes. I think Tampa is actually better than Carolina. Of course, what you everybody do. Feel, what everybody fails to realize is rookie quarterbacks don't win in the NFL. They don't. Look at the last time. Mean, only rookie quarterbacks that were there. Brock Purdy is a different example because the 49ers defense was elite all last season. They may have not broke the ball. There's always an exception to every rule, but for every you know Brock Purdy, there's Zach Wilson, there's Justin Fields, guys who struggle their rookie year. It's a brand new offensive system, and the one thing Caroline did not do for their rookie quarterback was get somebody dependable that can make a play down the field. You mentioned Hayden Hurst. How many teams has Hayden Hurst played for? Because he's already played in Atlanta once, and they got rid of him already. May have been a mistake. He's about, he's, uh, he, yeah, how, yeah, how many mistakes has he been made? Baltimore got rid of him too, and they need they would rather play a, a backup running back at tight end where he got rid of Hayden Hurst. Hurst is not an answer. So, no, I have Tampa third. I have Carolina last. But here's the difference with Carolina being last place. Carolina has the biggest upside in the division because they have the youngest quarterback and probably the most talented quarterback in the division. I think Carolina is going to be there, but I think it's just one year away. I think they're one year away. So it's 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 Falcons by tiebreaker, Saints, Bucks, Panthers. Wow. Wow. <laughs> 
I love it. I love it. Chaos. I love the smoke. Uh, I guess just the, the payback. Hayden Hurst, I think it's more about opportunity than him just being trash because he was never the primary weapon at tight end. They had Mark Andrews. Atlanta had uh, – who else did they have? They brought in Pitts when he was there. Even in Cincinnati, he's the fourth option on an all-star offense. He's going to be one of the – he's going to get a lot of targets. I mean, because his drop percentage is only like 3%. He just doesn't get targets. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's, he's a dependable target. He just hasn't been utilized, and we don't have that many weapons. He's going to be utilized in our offense. That's just my little nugget on Hurst. However, to my prediction. I, I got to go to Carolina, man. I mean, everybody doing the Homer thing, I'll do that. I think there's ha- things have to go right. There's a lot of things that have to go right. They don't have the room for error as other teams in the division. Um, and we're just going off a of quarterback play. I got to say that they're up there. Uh, Derek Carr obviously has the pedigree and the experience, so he is the better quarterback. But I just have a little bit of issues with their head coach and both the, that combination of them two in close games when they play what what comes down with the decision making from the head coach we've seen Derek Carr last year make some bonehead decisions down the stretch as well so I just think this division is going to be tight between Carolina and New Orleans and I just think a game or two could swing that and I think they could lose a game or two just based off of coaching alone or quarterback making a bonehead decision down the stretch now Carolina they, like I said, the quarterback thing. You left off Mac Jones. Mac Jones went to the playoff as a rookie. Um, if you have a good team around you, they can, they can, they can support you. They didn't have, they didn't have any receivers. Pretty much, there was a game he only. We remember he only threw the ball three times in one game, and they still won that game. They went to the playoffs his rookie year. So we've seen it more recent than you want to. You can ignore it, but it still happened. Regardless, I think that the Panthers. They have health is going to have to be a big thing. I'm confident in the offensive line. I'm confident in them being able to lean on that running game and figure things out eventually. The first, the first two games are gonna tell me a lot about the season because, like I said, those division matchups are gonna be everything. Uh, third, I have I have the Falcons, and then fourth, I have the Bucks. The Falcons, you have questions that pass rush on the edges, and you have questions at quarterback. That's just two things I can't really like feel comfortable about. Um, when it, in terms of that, that's just that's two big parts of the game of football right now. Um, and the Bucks, I think the wheels will fall off with that quarterback situation. We'll see what happens. They do have the weapons. Um, their defense should be decent. They have some names there, but I just think there's going to be too many moving parts. And a lot of drama comes with, <laughs> with Baker Mayfield. I mean, a lot of the scrutiny and the stuff, it, 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 it's not just him. And I'm not even a Baker hater, but there's just a lot of questions and, and scrutiny that comes with having him as your quarterback. And it can derail a team. And for better or for worse, the attention comes with Baker. Um, so I just got them at the bottom. But uh, Panthers, Saints. Falcons, Bucks. Okay. Well, you know who I'm going with. Going with the Saints. And it's not just a homer prediction. Like, we have the best team in the division. You look at the defense. You look at the quarterback. We have the best team. So, Saints. Uh, second place, I'm going with the Panthers. I do believe in that defense to be able to do enough to win those games for them to where they can stay in contention but not make the playoffs. Third, I'm going with the Falcons. And fourth, I'm going with the Bucks because – I can't trust Baker Mayfield to do more than anything past fourth place. (laughs) (laughs) And that's about like Beckett's. Oh, man. Dope. Hey, appreciate (laughs) y'all for the layoffs. (laughs) Appreciate y'all the comments. I want to make sure I got everybody. I want to make sure I got everybody for the comments, man. Shout out to Ryan. Of course, I got Ryan tuning in every week. Uh, C. Wood, been tuning in every week as well. TJ, my guy, 
Hilarious. <laughs> Most hilarious yeah, comment. Hey. Yeah, I don't know who cousin that is, but he can come back. Or oh, she. He's welcome. There he's welcome back. He's on. Of course, uh, Mr. T Money, shout out to you, man. Uh, Zach, mm -hmm. uh, the sad Patriots fan who came on a couple weeks ago, man. Shout out to my guy, Zach. The sad Patriots fan is funny. That's funny. What a tagline. Right, hey, I did bet him that all of, all the teams in the NFC South gonna have better records than the Patriots like, next season. I did tell him that. Sheesh. And I believe that. Uh, I think I overall, this division not gonna be as bad as people wanna. It's not gonna be as bad as last year. I think it's gonna be a lot more competitive as far as the whole NFL landscape, not just amongst each other, but. From that perspective, I think people just kind of they kind of down on the division because of last year, but I don't think it's gonna be that bad. I think a lot of things went bad for every franchise in the division last year, and I think there's every, every team has made some improvements to key spots to the point that you should see improvement across the board. It'll be interesting to see. And all four y'all wasn't like everybody was close to five hundred. It was like three teams finished seven and ten. Like it wasn't like uh you know you had some four and thirteen teams, five and twelve. Everybody yeah. was like literally. Just right a one game or two from Lira 500. So, yeah, yeah, I'll leave out the whole division is right there. <laughs> you know, Zach, hey, yo, <laughs> just speaking the facts, man. But shout out to Kyle Nash. I know, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars guy, man. Shout out to my guy, Kyle, Jamal Darby, and James Manny Robson. Uh, appreciate all y'all tuning in. But it's being the show, get our guests to shout out and shout out and tell, let everyone know where to follow you at. So, start with Damien, then Aaron, then Danny. Yeah, man, I appreciate you guys for having me on. Uh, you can follow me at The Real Deal, WDA. That's on all social media platforms. Uh, my podcast is called The Real Deal with Damian Adams. And I'm also a writer for Burn City Sports. So if you are a Phoenix sports fan, go ahead and check out Burn City Sports for all things Phoenix sports. And our son's podcast will be coming very, very soon. Yeah, man, I appreciate you guys having me. Uh... You can find me on Twitter at Dunk On Demand on all social media at Dunk On Demand. YouTube, I'm at at UB Sports Talk, UB Sports Talk, um, all things Panthers. I'll get into more NFL stuff once the season starts as well. Um, I'll probably be reaching out to you guys for some collaborations because we got the matchups early on in the year. So y'all, y'all, y'all keep y'all Twitter, y'all keep y'all Twitter, uh, Twitter DMs open. I will be reaching out. Absolutely. And so, and Shark, guys, I appreciate you having me on. It's a long time coming, but I'm, uh, it's always been a pleasure. So you can follow me at Danny, D-A-N-N-Y, number three times on Twitter. Uh, you can follow my work at the threepointconversion.com. Also, which is my sub-stack, which is called The Wonderful World of Data, a complete sub-stack or a website devoted to basketball analytics. Teaching everybody how analytics works is just not it's just a number. It actually has real meaning and value to it. Also, I have an NFL preview column for the NFC North that's out next week. So check out ThreePointConversion.com and all, all your favorite radio uh, media outlets. So it's been a pleasure, fellas. Yeah, definitely, man. Appreciate y'all, all y'all. Danny, great writer, man, especially getting drafted to analytics. <laughs> I, I learned some stuff uh, writing these things about NBA. So three, the Hardaway crew, uh, she did too. Definitely check out yeah, uh, Danny's stuff. I, I might sure. need to take, take part in it myself because <laughs> got to get my knowledge up. <laughs> right. And also what Ryan just said, DA, uh, Damien, boxing. Uh, yeah. That's Thank you, sir. Oh, yeah. Whoa, Yo, 100. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sir. Uh, you know, he's a boxing boy. Like, yeah. No, yeah. And Mr. <laughs> T Money, definitely. We, I definitely subscribe to you. So we end the show. I find uh, your content, man. Appreciate you uh, subscribing, man. Shout out T Money, man. My guy. Definitely, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, everyone. Uh, as always, remember, you can follow us on Twitter or X. At TikTok, IG, and Facebook at LBR underscore media. Subscribe and watch on YouTube, and you can watch the shows live on Sundays at 
Let's Be Real Media. Also, listen on the podcast platforms if you prefer audio at uh, Let's Be Real Sports. Actually, on Spotify, it still shows video as well. Uh, so Spotify kind of they show video and audio now these days. So the video will be available on there as well. And support the other podcasts on network. Three the Harder Way with the gentleman of uh, Sheedy uh, and Took, along with Savage. They had a show earlier today about the NBA. And Gene's report, where I got Gene's uh, from last week, if you saw the show just, last just, week. Just leave it at that. Just leave it at that. <laughs> hey, <laughs> if, you watch, week. if you watched last, or listened last week, you know what we're talking about. We're just going to leave it at that. Hilarious, <laughs> man. And remember, man, support us by uh, checking out a sign up for sports books at uh, Sign Up Expert. Dot com forward slash LPR with our sponsor at Bet Stamp. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter at the one D uh D A O N E underscore P Shark. Uh at underscore Scarlito. That still ain't changed, my friends. I'm still at the art of Trevor and of is still the preposition. So yeah. Uh it's really shitty, man. And before I go, thoughts and prayers to those three African American families who were gunned down in Jacksonville uh for racism, man. It's still alive, y'all. We're not concealing it. We need to start fighting back. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Like took froze. <laughs> yeah, took froze. Yeah, he froze. Y'all know y'all can find it. I got that's me. A, it, that's, a, that's, a, that's a face though. <laughs> <laughs> Find out for took, man. It, it tells Shakir. It tells Shakir. And also one more time. Look. Uh, that's that face you gonna make when Bryce Young get sacked for the sixth time on week one in Atlanta. It took it took them 10 weeks to get the six sacks last year. He talking about one game. <laughs> Let's be for real. Six times in one game. Hey, Frank Wright started against the Falcons in Atlanta and they lost. I think it's gonna happen again in two weeks. We'll go. Then don't worry. When they lose, I'll be at, I'll be in your mentions the whole day next Sunday. <laughs> All in your mentions. I, I'll, I'll be drunk at the game, so I may not see it right away. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Right. I keep receipts. Don't worry. <laughs> man, definitely, man. Appreciate y'all again. Also, uh, one last comment. My guy he said, "Great show, Mel from Purdy, man. Appreciate you tuning in. He'll Purdy, be on. He'll be Purdy, on man. Purdy, man. Oh, he's gonna be, is he be coming on the Rams? Yes, sir. He be on with us next week. Yeah. <laughs> that nigga right. might need a pat on the back. He might need a pat on the back before he. He might need a hug too, because uh, the ghost formerly known as Matt Stafford. Yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, if we get to it, he'll be all right. But until next yeah. time, peace. <laughs>